Welcome back, everyone, to Queer Entanglements, the podcast that unpacks the mess out of messy. Hang with us every episode as we untangle relationships, sex, and friendships under a queer lens. I'm Lawrence Anthony. And I'm Pally. And so... Of course, we're about to get into our episode, but before we do that, you know, we got to do our disclaimer. We are not experts in anything other than our own lived experiences, our lives, our stories. Um, and this is, of course, an inclusive space. And speaking of our stories, this episode is very special hey. to both of us and to and to all of you as the viewers because we're going to be talking about our coming out stories. Um, as as queer folks, we each have different experiences. And Ali, what, what do you have to say about this episode? We, I feel like it's going to be very personal, right? Yes, yes. I just want to get everybody <laughs> ready, get ourselves ready, because I mm-hmm. think we're going to be, I think we do a good job of being vulnerable in every episode, but mm-hmm. especially this one is going to really hit home for us and probably for a lot of you guys out there. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm here. I am here with you. You're yes. here with me. We're everybody. here with each other. And please, y'all, let in the comments, let us know what your coming out stories are. What are you struggling with right now? If you haven't come out, this episode is just kind of emblematic of our podcast in general. Something that Ali and I discussed about the fact that we want this to be a supportive and inclusive space for all of us as queer folks. So we're really excited to share that um, with you guys. Yes. 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 And one thing before we start, so mm-hmm. I know normally we kind of have a flow of how we do our episodes, and it's mm-hmm. usually us both talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we figured that today, given the vulnerability that's required of this episode, that we would mm-hmm. do it a little different. Yes. So we're going to have it where we're going to have Lauren <laughs> um, sort of giving us some some details and letting, mm-hmm. giving us some insight on his his coming out story and his process. And then we can have Ali take us to a few places. For last. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we want to make sure we give each other mm-hmm. enough room and space. Yes, yes. And to that effect, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're all in our in our coming out journeys and our own sort of journey of self-discovery as queer folks. And I think it, you know, we see these stats out um in, in the public and we're aware of of our different journeys as it relates to coming out. And I think it's just important to, again, uh, vocalize what those stats are. Um, so, you know, so, some a few stats that I sort of uh, looked up before recording this episode was the fact that nine out of 10 LGBTQ students report being bullied compared to straight students across the past few years. Over one third of LGBTQ students report being uh, harassed either physically or sexually by other students uh, compared to their straight counterparts, whether it's in middle school or high school. Over half of all students report hearing homophobic slurs and remarks in school and more than 30% of those students have um, reported uh, multiple absences throughout their entire school career. Gay teens are more than 10 times likely to face suicide um, because of the fact that they've been bullied in school because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And over five of those, uh, over five times of those students have uh, either attempted suicide. 56% of um, Black and Latinx uh, LGBTQ youth uh, report depression as something that has lingered with them throughout their entire um, young adulthood. And 
60% of trans masculine and 40% of trans feminine young adults report having depressive symptoms as a result of them not being safe and secure in their gender identity. So now that you guys have heard these stats, you know, we're all aware that um, suicide um, and suicidal thoughts and depression definitely affect the LGBTQ community and especially the LGBTQ community of color. Uh, we just wanted to have that have that known for our viewers who who aren't aware of those stats and to really do something about it in their communities. Um, so now we, we definitely wanted to talk about our journeys as a way to help um, sort of alleviate that pressure that I'm sure a lot of you are facing if you haven't come out yet. Yes. So yeah, yes. this okay. is our, our journeys, y'all. Yes, we're sharing it all together. <laughs> I want to first start out with how, how and when did you come out mm -hmm. of the closet? Yes, so I'm gonna I'm give the whole like enchilada when I realized yes, and then please. then when I came out. So I I first realized that I was that I was I was attracted to boys as a boy, as a young boy mm -hmm. um, when I was in pre K. Wow. So and it was just like I didn't even know what I, what I was thinking. But basically, the first moment I was like. You know how like in pre-K it's like you line up against the, mm -hmm. the wall. The cubbies. For, the cubbies for attendance. And then they, they sometimes they do it ABC order. Sometimes they do it shortest to tallest. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was walking past the line to go to my place. And I saw this guy or this, <laughs> this young boy at the time. Um, I don't know how old we were. Like five, yeah. six. Um, and he had dreadlocks. And... I was like, oh my God, he is so cute. Like, wow. I mean, I didn't say, oh my God, he was so cute in my head, but I was- <laughs> But something registered. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, something registered. And I was like, hmm. Um, and then, and then I, every time I see him, I would just always be, you know, I would feel flustered around him. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my first memory of being attracted to someone of the same sex. And so then throughout that time, because I, I kind of repressed it in between that moment until middle school, really. Okay. So in between those two times, um, or between those two parts of my life, I um, I really just it was a, it was more internal for me. It was like I was realizing as I was growing up that everyone around me was like whether adults or children were raised heterosexual. Right. Guy, I started noticing that other guys around me or other young boys around me started to like girls. Um, and I felt like, I felt like I didn't know where I belonged. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, something doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm not, um, I'm not like everyone else. I feel ashamed different. about who I am. Yeah, I feel different. Um, and it's just, it, it was something that I was ashamed about because I didn't have anyone around me who was also experiencing right. that. So... You didn't have an example of what is that? Right. And I remember just having nights where I couldn't sleep because I was just so consumed with the fact that I was different and that if people were to find out what would happen to me. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in middle school, and this is the way that I like to express it now, mm -hmm. um, I feel like when I was in middle school, everyone around me including friends and other classmates, they all had like an advanced copy of the book of my life, essentially, where 
basically everyone knew I was different mm. in terms of my uh, sexual identity or gender identity or orientation. Um, and I, I had suppressed this so much because I was starting to have like crushes on girls. Mm. Like th they were like at least three girls that I have I had crushes on, but never like, it was, I never really, I never really got to kiss a girl. I was just more so I romanticized the notion of right. like asking them out and then going out for lunch or something like, like that, but never like never going fully there because, you know, quite frankly, the girls already knew too that I was different. Right. So, so- uh, Everyone was three steps ahead. Everyone was three <laughs> steps ahead. And to me that I that felt violated by that because it's like, I haven't even really, ex really brought that to the forefront of my conscious, A, and then accepted it, right. B. So to have everyone around me know what I'm hiding in the back of my head, it's yeah. just like, it was like, what? is going on and then to it's like add invading privacy almost in a weird way it's like yes this, this is your private thoughts mm -hmm. like experience identity you haven't even fully fleshed it out what this right. is and and it was it was definitely evident like you know in more boy man masculine environments such as like uh, gym class, right. recess, where we're playing sports, and it's like the thing is, is that I I don't play sports, but I like the I, I like activity based, like I like physical activities. I'm just not good. So, well, I'm good at tennis though. But um, but side note, you are actually much better at video games than I would have expected. <laughs> well, yes. a lot of a lot of guys yes, are. There's yes, the gamer term that we gotta talk about in future episodes. <laughs> but um. So, yeah, when it came to, like, basketball and, like, what was it, baseball? Like, I was in Little League, y'all. Cool. I was in Little League. I played tennis. And then I, I think... I didn't know that about And you. then I played basketball, not in a team, but with, with friends. the friends around me. Um, and so, I actually wasn't even that bad in, 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 in Little League. Um, but um, <laughs> when it came to basketball, I was playing with the middle school, like, my middle school friends, the ones that we, we hung out. Because me and Allie went to middle school together, y'all. So that's something, keep in mind, we, we have very uh, similar but different experiences. But um, I just remember in my head at gym class wanting to also fit in from a masculine perspective because I wanted to be good at sports. Because I knew if I was good at sports, then I would be more accepted as, as a man. Um, but obviously that didn't happen because I'm not good at sports. Um, and so that just further propelled the, basically what happened was in middle school and you know this, but, um, I was bullied throughout all of middle school. Um, you know, the word faggot was used, uh, towards me in a very derogative way. Um, pretty much every single day I would go to school or at least that's, that's how it felt. It definitely wasn't just a one-time occurrence. It was definitely like every day and it kind of was almost like a joke like everyone just kind of said it jokingly and for me it's just like i never took it as a joke because it's like you know i'm not even first of all it's not a joke it's a right. derogatory term like any other derogatory term that we all know right. uh second of all i am not even comfortable in, in myself to even like use that for myself because some some gay some of the gays they use they it yeah um and just it was it was painful like it was like literally i was going to school every day 
and I was preparing myself for emotional combat because I knew that I, it was going to be at least three times that I would hear that word in my face and that I would have to to feel ashamed about it and hide from people because I didn't want to hear it. And then it's just like, at the same time, I was still trying to, the, the thing about it is that it was like I had some sort of Stockholm syndrome because even though I didn't like it and I was ashamed, I was still trying to be friends with people because because what else am I going to do, you know? Like, I'm not going to hide in the bathroom. Like, I didn't, I never did that. Right. But I still wanted to socialize with the girls and even with some of the guys, too. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to fit in somehow. And so that never, um, I think it, it worked a little bit, but it was always, like, like, with the guys that I was playing basketball with, um, like, I was friends with them but I was still an outsider because they would still call me that like and frenemies then, kind of like it's snide mo remarks yeah jokingly, but like, but like but not right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. so yeah so middle school was was rough um and then there was one specific incident where because this was all happening without my parents knowledge like Okay. The, like this was all in middle school like it, it was during school it was it was never like outside of school I never really brought friends to my home that would do that mm -hmm. um so the one incident where my mom uh you know it it happened in front of her was where mm -hmm. it was this one one guy in my school again middle school um and we lived where we lived where we grew up in the Bronx was like kind of um it was a small community. It was in the Bronx, but it was like kind it's, of it's separate. community. Yeah. And so the school was very close to my building where I lived. Right. And so I was walking home with my mom because she picked me up. And this guy was, I don't even think he lived in the same building. I don't, I don't even know. But basically, we got in the elevator at my building. And he was there with us. And another person was there. This was a student. Was this was a student. Yes. Thank you. A student. But then there was another person in the elevator, too, a random person. And then it was me and my mom. And then he just proceeded to call me a faggot, like, in front of her. And I just was just like, mm. I was, I don't, I don't even know if I was crying or if oh I was in shock. God. I think it was just, like, the humiliation of being called that in front, of, in front of my mom and then the realization of her, like, yeah. you know, regardless of whether she knew or not of who I was, like, it was kind of taken away from me that choice to tell her um and so and so she she kind of defended me and like started arguing with him but then he he left but i don't i don't honestly remember what happened after that because a lot of a lot of that time in my life is i still kind of block out um but yeah that is a very distinct memory that i remember oh where that happens Oh my god, I am like <laughs> crying inside I know. right now. It's oh. okay. Um no, I mean it was it was a rough time. Like like I said, it was like preparing for emotional uh combat. Um and you know, I will say thank thank God it could have been a lot worse. I, I was never physically um assaulted by anyone at my school. I never I never got gay bashed. Still to this day I've never gotten gay bashed, so I think, you know, Thank God that that has never happened to me because I know a lot of a lot of our viewers and a lot of people um, in our community that that is something that is just kind of common. So I 
I'm I'm blessed in that regard. Um, but also just the kind of the the emotional strain of dealing with that is definitely something that was hard. Um, so another another incident that I remember, this is kind of like it wasn't where I was uh, being bullied in front of anyone, but just something else that I wanted to note was. We have we have a mutual friend, or we had a mutual friend mm-hmm. in in middle school, um, and he I had asked him one day. We I think we went out to get pizza or something like near my house, and I had asked him. I was like, "Why is it that I am friends with y'all, but you guys continue to bully me and 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 harass me?" I mean, I don't know if I use the word harass, but I definitely said bully. Why you? Why do you guys continue to do this? And he was just like, well, you know, that's just the way it is. Like, we have to pick on somebody and that person is going to be you. And I was like, okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, cringing it's right like, now. on one hand, it's like the audacity of him to say that. Yes. But then, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. The, yeah. the real audacity. Right. And then the, on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, now at least I know what it is. It's just like, oh my God. It's just like, I felt like I was in a movie at that point where it's just like, okay, so I've been selected to endure yeah. pain for, like for four years. Um, and it's just like I there was nothing I could say to that because I wasn't gonna convince them because I was different. Like I said, I I didn't fit in with the rest of 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 the student body. I didn't fit in with the other boys in my class, and so I was the target. And so for him to say that, I was just like, what What do I do? Like, what do I do in this situation? Except, you know, I just had to push through. Well, all yeah, those four years. Gosh. So yeah, so that was that was middle school. Um, very ch- hard time for me. Um, I think going on into high school, I so I went to two high schools. Um, as you know, I went. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I went to one high school um in the Bronx first. Um, and that one was a bigger high school. Um, it was a little further from where we had went to middle school mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of a similar environment that was just very like the, the boys were very like masculine and especially in high school it's like you gotta prove that out so um I was starting to realize um that I you know what yes I was being bullied and people were violating my privacy but I think I just was realizing that you know, I actually am uh, attracted to the same sex. Like, it was something that was becoming, like, more into my conscious as opposed to, like, really hiding it um, in the back of my mind. And so there were definitely guys in high school that I was attracted to. And so I had told my one my one uh, best friend at that high school, um, I told her um, that I was bisexual and because I feel like with bisexuality, I feel like that's like, that's, that's, how always, that's always how it starts, y'all. Like, I, I'm sure a lot of you guys share that same experience where you first start with bisexual because it's, it's still, it's still um, positioned closer to straightness or right. to heterosexuality than like if you're gay. Because if you're gay, you're definitely not straight. It's, it's no hope. It's, right. It's no hope. It's no hope. <laughs> So it's like a lily pad. So I was like, I'm bisexual because I I believed at the time, yes, I am still 
attracted to women. I still found women attractive. But um, but I think that was just still me coming to terms with the fact that I was ultimately going to be gay. Um, and so, and also I just want to make a, a note about that. Like, you know, because there's this constant debate about whether it's a choice, whether it's whether you're born with it. I personally believe that um, for me, I, I was born gay. Um, I do think, again, when it comes to different terms, uh, especially fluid or um, or just kind of pansexual, demisexual, uh, those are things that some of us might realize at different points of our of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be in school. It doesn't have to be like at a young age. But I do think that that is something that is a part of us and, it, and it's not a choice. That's my personal opinion. Um, so just to add that context there. But um, so yeah, then I left that school. I had different experiences with guys in that school. Not um, nothing physical, okay. but like where I felt like it could have went there where we were we were both kind of like- The first like, high school you told me. Yes, cool. where we were both kind of like pushing the envelope in terms of like hanging out and being extra friendly, but not, you know, touching or kissing or nothing like right. that. Um, and it was teeter tottering the line. Yeah, like there would be, and especially I would be taking, I would take the bus home from school, y'all, and there would be some guys in there that we would lock eyes, Ooh. and it's like um, things. I would want things to happen, but like I am so, it's so hard for me to make the first move that it just didn't happen. So then I transferred to a different high school, the one that Ali um had went to, and I, I don't even. I think by then I was just like, you know what? Because I, I started to date a guy. Mm -hmm. We know my first ex in high wow. school. I don't really consider him an ex though because it's like, we didn't really date that long. But he was my first high school boyfriend. Um, he took me to, when we first, I forgot how we first met, but I remember when we first kissed. He took me to like, this. there was this like, this little area of the school across the street where it was surrounded by bushes and it was a bench there it was like a place that you could sit it was almost like a resting spot or like a place you could read a book but that was private he, he took me there and he kissed me and it was like it was a magical experience i mean now i'm thinking about it, it's like i'm not even into him anymore i but, remember when you when you told me but it was a magical experience because it was like it was just like i could finally feel free in a sense because I was like expressing who I was as someone who was attracted to the same sex. And and then we started dating and then I came out to my friends first, first of all. Mm -hmm. Came out to my friends first because obviously the, the first friend that she knew that I was bisexual, I told her. And I forgot when I told you, but it was definitely, all of this was around the same one year time frame. Like after, after midway when I was transferring from that high school to the next high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had told my friends first, I, I, like, I forgot how I told you. I don't know if you remember, but I, I think you came to me like after school yeah, and like told me, I also feel like included in that conversation might've been a heart to heart about something else that had happened. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was something about you, I think. Yeah. So we'll get we to that. We had a lot of heart to hearts. We had a lot, uh, a lot of heart to hearts, but, um, I was telling my friends one by one, I think one of them, I just, Everyone was like cool with it, basically, uh, because we went to a, a small high school um, in the Bronx 
that was really, um, first of all, our class was very racially diverse um, compared yeah. to a lot of the classes after us. Yeah. Um, and then also we just had a really unique um, group of people in our class that were just really, we were all coming from different walks of life, but all all had progressive values and all had goals for ourselves of where we wanted to go in our life. Um, so it was a very supportive environment, um, needless to say. There wasn't even like that much bullying in, in, in our grade, at least. I was going to um, ask you, because yeah. I, I know I have memories of, of, of school. Really, yeah, but yeah, I, it wasn't really... No, um, it, it, and it was it was a stark contrast to my middle school experience, and I was so thankful that that's how it was because I know high school especially can be tough for a lot of us. So, so I think there was this one friend I told, and she was just like, because I had told her, you know, I've been afraid to tell people because I didn't know how they would accept me, and she got mad at me, and she was like why did you think I wouldn't accept you? I'm like, girl. It's not about it's, you. It's not about you. Because it's it's about our my experience. Uh, and I'm just telling you as a courtesy. <laughs> so, because I don't got to tell you squat. <laughs> um, but I told her on the bus. And then, and then after that, like, after I told all my friends, then that's... Um, actually, no. Could be a pause there. So yeah, after that, I told all my friends in high school, and thankfully, I had a really great high school experience. And like you know, we'll get into it later on in life. So yeah, that was my that was my experience in middle school and high school. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, obviously since we went to school together, like what was your you had your own experience, obviously, and we'll talk about that. But I would love to know what was your like view on what was going on with me gotcha that's that's a really good question mm -hmm. um to be honest from my perspective and what i can actually remember from middle school i i was always aware that i think me included our group of friends definitely referred to you as the f word i don't say that out of respect for you mm -hmm. um <laughs> funny enough in the same sentence yeah. um and so I was that was that was definitely a part of my conscious but I think from my perspective I don't think I ever thought that we weren't all friends mm -hmm. if that makes sense like I I knew that that was going on and I was actually a part of that mm -hmm. um but I never got the sense that we weren't still all like actual friends mm -hmm. um to me, I guess like that would be like when you bust on your friend, you know, when you mm -hmm. when you roast your friend, like that that kind of dynamic is how I remembered it. Yeah. Um. So this is actually it's very eye opening to hear this this version of your experience. Yeah, I and that actually reminded me like there was a time I don't even know who said it, but there was a time where because I I knew that faggot was a derogatory term, but I think there was a time where someone was trying to like make it seem as if the word really didn't mean anything because it was like, oh, it's a bundle of sticks. sticks. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't even know. Is that is that an actual like, I, correct I, term? Like, I believe so. Someone would say, oh, we're just using that, but it's a bundle of sticks. I'm like, that. I get that, but it also means this. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think, we definitely did not realize the sting to our words. I don't think mm -hmm. we generally do as a kid, but 
um, just thinking back on it, in in my consciousness, I don't, I definitely wasn't aware of how yeah. much it was really impacting me till high school. Yeah. We had our heart to heart. I know, <laughs> I know. And then, and then the other thing is like, you know, this wasn't my experience, but just how it, how bullying has evolved over the past few years. Now there's cyberbullying. You people get bullied on Facebook, on Twitter, yeah. on on WhatsApp, um, and it's just. It's rough. Like I think, I, I think it's rough all around because, like you said, the people who are, are bullying, especially at a younger age, like you know, they, they don't know any better um, because they're going through their own journey of mm-hmm. self discovery, and they're yeah. just taking out their own insecurities onto other onto others who are obviously different from the rest and don't blend in like chameleons uh, <laughs> with everyone else. Um, but yeah, so let's get into you. <laughs> oh boy let's get to you when, when did you like first realize okay i'm a stud i know or or not even like that but you know what i mean when did you realize you had the same attraction to the same sex okay because th- those will give you two different answers yes and we're gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> um when did i know i can think I can think of my first memory mm. of me being attracted to a girl. I was like, I was in like kindergarten. Oh, shit. I was in like pre-K, okay, kindergarten. Okay, pre-K, the lineup? Yeah, I'm telling you, it be them cubbies. No, mm-hmm. um, no I want to say kindergarten. And I was actually going to a religious school at the time. Oh, Funny. Catholic? Um, no, I think it's a Lutheran school. I don't Ooh. even know how I ended up there because we're Baptists. <laughs> I don't that's know. a whole different episode. Right, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, but I remember it was summer camp. And okay. one of the counselors, I had the biggest crush on the counselor. The counselor, I'm like five years old. The counselor's like 19. Oh. <laughs> 19. But she was so pretty to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she always had a soft spot because I was a very cute kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so she always took to me anyway. So I would always be like extra happy when she would like hug me and mm-hmm. pick me up. Even though she shouldn't have been picking nobody's child up in <laughs> <laughs> summer camp. <laughs> um, so I would say that's the first time that I, it registered. Something clicked that mm-hmm. she looks really pretty. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say that I... Wait, I, how, how long between kindergarten and the summer camp? That was still the same... Yeah, the same year. So okay, yeah, okay. Kindergarten, okay. summer, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, and it's it's actually funny. I was, I was going to skip to middle school in a second, but before I get there, even during primary school, mm-hmm. um, I can think back, I've actually had relations some sort of physical something with oh. the same gender yes relations <laughs> nothing that deep because i was only six seven eight right. Right. right but um i remember on a class trip that like an eighth grade girl like she kissed me which looking back on it is highly inappropriate mm-hmm. highly inappropriate um but it was wanted, I guess, at the time. Right, right, right. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, I never, I didn't think that I was gay, but it's something in my head was like, girls are pretty. Girls, I girls like girls. Pretty. Yeah, I like girls. They're pretty. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so all these nothing, thoughts in your head, yes, butterflies. just marinate, yeah, marinate. And then, of course, you know, I couldn't share that with anybody because um, I come from a very religious family. You mm-hmm. know that. Um, I'm also Caribbean, which okay. in and of itself is a tough culture to kind of talk about these things. Mm-hmm. So, so I would say for a very large part of life, suppressed these feelings it was there i knew it happened but i never spoke of it and never nothing else so that was like elementary i would say fast forward now into middle school Mm -hmm. um during this time i had lots of crushes on a lot of girls probably we've had crushes on similar girls girls. yes (laughs) yes that's so funny because they were pretty yeah yeah and i have some of them on facebook and they turned out to be great i was like all right i know how to pick them right yeah all right um but during middle school i had feelings like for girls like i had crushes i was attracted to them but i would Mm -hmm. never say anything i would never dare say anything like that why um because i didn't i didn't think that I knew that they weren't gay. Mm-hmm. The girls that I had crushes on, th- to my knowledge, they were not, they didn't like girls. Mm. Um, they liked boys. They had only dated boys. So for me, I'm not going to go out there and tell you that I think you're pretty or anything like that. Yeah. You know, so I kept that um, in the back. Um, Did but- you have any crushes on boys? Uh, (laughs) that's the question everybody really wants to know um i did thank you for reminding me because i was about to skip over his ass (laughs) (laughs) yes let's get into him um funny enough i i had a male crush in Mm -hmm. third grade when i had first transferred from my religious school into public school excuse me and um, I had a crush that first year. That was like my star year. I was the new girl. Oh, All these guys the like me. Oh, <laughs> meanwhile. Right. Little they know. Right. In fourth grade, too, I had a couple of students looking at me, bringing me flowers and chocolate. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back to middle school, I did have a boy crush. Um, Yes, I did. I don't know why. I don't know mm-hmm. how. Um, and I think for me, it was never, I don't think it was the way that it was for girls mm-hmm. where it was like, I'm like looking at their body, like, Oh, oh. like oh. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, yeah. for the guy, it wasn't, I was never looking at him like, Oh my right. God, he's so like. No, uh, I wanted to pick me up. Yeah, ew, like no. no. It was more of like this person happened to actually live in the building next to me, so we kind of grew up a little bit together. Mm-hmm. Um, prior, I think we knew each other prior to middle school. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we you know we used to play video games together. You know, we hang out as a group and mm-hmm. stuff. So I think that's where the attraction sort of came to but it was never the same as like a female yeah you never yeah that makes sense that was like females were more like a fantasy oh like a lust like oh my god like i wish i could kiss her or yeah she could kiss me or some shit right right right. (laughs) yeah so we had we had similar like 
experiences where we were crushing on the opposite sex, but not, we never had those fantasies about them. It was a different kind of crush. Yeah. That was a phase. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, during middle school, I never really did anything. Um, I didn't have any sort of, any kind of relations with any female or male. Mm-hmm. Although I did get into a relationship for a week. With said boy crush. Uh, did you guys ever kiss? kiss? Hell no. Because <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to aim in and she was like, mm, get out. <laughs> and I actually broke up with him in a week because he was on the shorter side and I was embarrassed. That's the oh, honest damn, truth. Girl. I was actually embarrassed. Now she was embarrassed. I was. <laughs> no shade to him. All the shade uh, was casted. Okay. Um, so yeah, anyways, back to, you know, middle school, um, I didn't really confess my girl feelings to anyone except for one of my best friends at the time. Um, and I told her that I thought I was gay and she did not believe me mm. <laughs> because at the time I was very much a jokester. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just generally a jokester. So she didn't take me serious. Um, and so I never... That was eighth grade, so we went to separate high schools, and I never really saw her again until, mm-hmm. I believe, a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and mind y'all, this is the same girl I had a crush on as well, guys. You see, this, this, this is queer entanglement. This, right, is all entangled. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and she's been involved in our life in multiple ways. <laughs> Dead ass. Yes. Yes. She is, like, some weird girl. That she's entangled. She is entangled. <laughs> Um, okay, so what about what about high school? So she was the first one you came out to? Yes. Okay, so what happened after that? Yes, yes. Um, so high school started. Um, freshman year came. I was definitely having feelings of continuing about females, and, you know, that's what I liked. However, I did find myself. Just mm-hmm. smudged by a boy Ms. crush. Smudged. <laughs> <laughs> I Ms. had. Smudged. I found myself a a boy crush that I did have um freshman year. Because <clears throat> he was tall. He was tall. <laughs> He's not ugly. He's not, you know, Chris Brown for for the Chris Brown frowns out there. But he was mm-hmm. he was not an ugly guy. Yeah, compared- his, it was his his personality was more. The issue yeah. than his actual right. physical appearance. And also in comparison to the rest of our class. Right, right. Because yeah, he not was, a lot of guys were attracted to Yeah, he class. was in the handful of yeah. ceases. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we didn't work with a lot of attractive guys, sadly, compared to the rest of the New York City area. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's the pros and cons of going to the type of school we were Right, to. right. Level of attraction decreased significantly <laughs> for the boys. <laughs> so so yeah I did have a little boy crush but that <clears throat> came and went fast and um I found myself having feelings for a friend a mutual friend oh that we have what's this you mean you don't know I gotta say her name Jessica no <laughs> <laughs> one of um, our mutual I just made that name very <laughs> close friends uh-huh um, I had feelings for her, and we kind of oh. had a little talking thing at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we were better <laughs> as friends. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, but for the most part, so I want to be clear that I went to two different high schools, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The first high school that I went to, which was with you, was yes. in the Bronx, highly diverse, um, was still in the closet completely. I didn't do anything. I hadn't even had my first kiss. I hadn't, I hadn't done anything. So at this point, you mm-hmm. were, you had already had your first relationship. Oh, that's true. Kiss. But, I didn't oh, have yeah, any yeah, yeah. of that. Right. Um, because I wasn't allowed to, because mm-hmm. my mother is very religious and she's Jamaican. I was very, very afraid of my mother. You know, ain't nobody want no old-fashioned ass whooping for me. Right. Hey, come on right. now. So I kept all of that in for a very long time. And um, I didn't come out the closet until I transferred to my second high school. Um, and I would say junior year, I was coming home from visiting you. Okay. <laughs> um, In the car, and I told my mom that I thought I was gay oh and actually no no i said bye i you said bye, bye you yes. said bye you did a lily, lily pad jump yeah <laughs> I, I gotta give it to her real smooth right. mm-hmm. um so i told her that i thought i was bi and she told me that she you know she knew this was coming and why did she know she didn't i don't even think she gave a real answer i think mm-hmm. she said like she just you know a mother knows kind of thing a mother's love <laughs> she didn't say mother. <laughs> she said mother <laughs> And um, so that was it. Like it wasn't really anything else that we talked about. I didn't bring it up again. Mm-hmm. That was that. It wasn't until senior year of high school, which was when I got my first girlfriend. <clears throat> that's when things started mm. to shift a little bit. Okay. And at that point, I told her, you know, I think I'm gay, this, that, and the third. Um, and in that same time frame, I also was trying to tell her, like, I wanted to dress. Your gender identity. Correct. Correct. Yes. Correct. I, I know it's twofold, but you. <laughs> this, yeah. yeah. So that was a very hard pill for, for my mother to swallow. Very, very hard. When was the first time, like, before we get into your mom's reaction, when was the first time that you um, knew that you wanted to dress as a as a male, as male presenting or masculine presenting? Mm. I would say um, at least middle school. Mm-hmm. Middle school is when I played football. I used to play basketball with the boys. Um and there was a period of time where I was contemplating if I was trans. Um, mm. I, I think I want to say eighth grade is is when I actually came to my mother and told her that I thought something might be different about yes, me. Yes. And I said, like, I don't know. I think I might be in the wrong body. Yes. That conversation was bad. I know. I remember we had a pre-conversation before that on the phone. Oh, my. And, and you were very scared. Like, you were like, I don't know what's going to happen. It mm. was, it was, and I was, I didn't know what to say either. Because it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, we knew what it meant to be trans. I think at a time, things were moving really quickly with people's awareness of things. But I think just like, for us, as in middle school or high school, it was just like yeah. a whole new concept. But then hearing you, like you were saying on the phone, I remember you were saying, I felt like, like it wasn't even like about like 
trans. I don't even think we, we labeled yeah. it yet. I think you were just like literally thinking in your head, I don't feel like I belong in my body. Yeah. That just that experience of like having a dual identity. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. That was very, yeah. very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like, so, like, in regards to like our school experiences and coming out, um, it's it's so different because I don't think be, being a tomboy is mm-hmm. probably it, it is much more accepted than being yes. in an effeminate male in yeah. any kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it never. I don't even think I can recall anybody ever asking me if I was gay. Yeah, that's like, so interesting. Through the whole time. And you know what? I mean, we'll, we're not going to dive deep into this now, but, I, you know, that definitely has a lot to do with how we're all raised in patriarchy and how masculine, yeah. no matter what form it is, is always going to have more privilege and superiority compared to femininity or yeah. female or anything related to that realm. And so, um, yeah, I think that's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah, it's like you because it's more, it's so much more commonplace and more it you see it visually like when you have studs or females that are tomboys and they're not even necessarily lesbian but they're just they dress more in in men's mm-hmm. uh, clothing or men's cisgender clothing um, that it's just kind of like yeah it's like you don't even necessarily need to question her sexuality right. and if she is gay it's almost not even a conversation mm-hmm. after that it's just like okay well she loves girls yeah kind of thing definitely yeah so your mom um when you had that conversation the first one about you thinking that you were trans she uh, how what was her reaction to that because i'm guessing that is kind of what um set the tone for her to realize that whatever you were to tell her after that would be like i like you said i knew this was coming kind of thing right um her response (laughs) um she did not have a very positive response Mm. she was not having it she was asking she actually thought this was about my dad like Mm. she she thought it all had to do with my dad because i didn't really have a very i didn't have a very close relationship relationship with him growing up Mm -hmm. and so particularly at this time now that I'm thinking back, I happen to have been having a very particularly hard time with my relationship with my dad yeah. as I was thinking about whether I was gay. Um, and so she thought it was a phase, eh? Yeah, as a lot of parents <laughs> um, do. She definitely did not create any kind of space to let me know that this could be an option, that this could be supported, that mm-hmm. this was allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't want to be, I don't, I, I can't remember everything yeah. verbatim, mm-hmm. but there may have been a physical piece to this conversation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but all in all, I don't, I don't, she definitely didn't take it well. That was not an option and I never yeah. brought it up again. Yeah. This, okay, un, but then until you came out as bisexual. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And so and so when you started to, to integrate more of your gender identity in terms of wearing men's clothes, was that, when, when was that? Was she around or was this like when you went to college? Like, I'm just curious to know like 
how did she start to kind of shift and just like what was her reaction when you started to habitually wear men's clothes in front of her all the time oh it was so <laughs> much criticism <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i want to i'm very curious to know um, that she for some reason, the only example of, of a lesbian she could think of was Ellen. So Not Ellen. Ellen. So the generous. Like, oh, why you got to dress like this? Why you can't just dress like more like Ellen? Like she wanted, she didn't like me wearing baggy clothes. Oh. She didn't like that at all. That's um, interesting. Yeah. She wanted me to wear more fitted kind of clothes. Um, okay. She... She was very, I, I think it's almost like she was so observant, even more observant of me now mm -hmm. that I was dressing this way. Um, and I think it was a really hard pill for her to swallow. Yeah. And especially when I cut my hair off. Yes. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> In college, yes. Yes. Yeah, I would, sorry, yeah. to answer your question. No, 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 this is good. Yeah, like the first time that I had, dabbled in boys clothes mm -hmm. um was actually with you oh, I yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fun fact um <laughs> because i was so very limited and restricted in my house yeah. um you wore my clothes i wore your dresses I was, <laughs> nah i never wore dresses <laughs> i didn't have no dresses I wanted no to dresses <laughs> no heels no nothing <laughs> but, yeah um, that, i forgot about that yeah you your house was such a liberating space for me it, mm -hmm. <laughs> um so that was the first time i ever really started to dabble i would wear your clothes when i mm -hmm. would come and visit and we go and hang out this is how we would go out yeah, yeah. that was like a few a, a couple of years where we were able to do that mm -hmm. yeah i remember that that reminds me too of um you know obviously i don't i'm not uh i'm not um gender non-conforming in the sense that i don't really push the boundaries that much when it comes to my the my fashion like i will wear unisex clothes or i'll, I'll definitely wear a bodysuit or like something that is is it pushes it there but it's not I, I i won't ever wear a dress now heels maybe depending on if it's like you know a chunky boot or whatever but um <laughs> but um but i never really like I don't really consider myself ever wearing like a dress or anything that that to that extent. Um, and kudos to, to those of y'all who do. Um, but for me, what, what I really kind of dabbled in was makeup and beauty yes. and stuff. And so I started to really like, I think the first time was I was playing with eyeliner. Mm -hmm. And similar to, so to your mom, my mom was very critical of of like what I was doing. She was, she was just like, say, like, why, why are you wearing that? Like, that's not for you. Um, like, I think also sometimes, like, with some of the clothes I was wearing, even though it was still uh, men's clothes, I think she was just critical of my appearance in general. Like, Definitely. oh, you shouldn't, like, wear baggy clothes either. Like, you should look presentable. Yes. Um, and it was almost, like, it, it was, like, she wasn't that, that, she wasn't, like, super, super critical. But um, it was just, like, I was already facing critique from middle school of the utmost degree violations and then going back home to be criticized by her. It was mm -hmm. just like, I felt suffocated. Yes. Um, and I'm sure yes. you shared that, you shared that same experience of, of the suffocation. Um, because yeah, I, I was, I was dabbling makeup. I had like, I wear, I wear eyeliner. I don't think I've ever wore it to school, but just like at home, like to practice or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I very distinctly remember remember that too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, funny enough, I, I actually dabbled in makeup a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in, as in regards to like the 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 boy clothes, yeah. I can remember senior year being like the first year that I purchased with my own money like boy clothes and I was yes. like so what was that feeling? Oh my god! Like <laughs> I was so y'all see this smile? Like mm-hmm. this is how I felt that day. Yeah. Like I was just like, this is how it feels to be free, even if it's just like in this mall. Like the fact mm-hmm. that I, I went, I went to Forever Twenty One. Shout yes. out to Forever Twenty One for that. <laughs> y'all gonna sponsor this video, no, right? <laughs> um, and I, you know, I got myself a, a pair of pants, some jeans. Mm-hmm. Boys no, jeans. Boy jeans, right, yeah. exactly. And some like two little Aeropostale shirts that were okay. male. And I was not Aeropostale shirts. Yeah, at the time. At the <laughs> time. time. Um, oh man. It was so meaningful. It was mm-hmm. so freeing and liberating. Like I felt like nothing like if nothing else, I have this. Yeah. If I can't be who I want to be on a regular basis, like at least I have these three things that mm-hmm. you know i bought with my own money oh my gosh yeah no I, that's that's exactly how i felt um throughout all of high school just like having that support of of my friends it wasn't like necessarily um one experience but just like from going to middle school to high school and like just being around people that didn't care mm-hmm. that had that same exact feeling of like i could be myself mm-hmm. i could be free I could express myself however I want to express myself and not feel the suffocation. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm, cu- I'm curious to know, because I know you touched on like the fact that you were dabbling in makeup. Mm-hmm. And mom was very critical. The world is critical of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you even just going to that part of the store, whatever store it was? I don't know if it was Sephora. I like, think it was Sephora. into that section or that store yeah i think um that's a good question i remember i remember going to sephora the first couple of times and obviously you know makeup at the time especially was it was just like mostly women wore makeup like because that's just what it was that's the culture um and so i remember going there and it was like it was a lot of women in the store and I just would take note of all the stairs. Like, why is this guy here? Like, is he going to the fragrance section? Because, you know, they sell cologne there. So, like, right, right. and they sell skincare too. But at the time, I mean, no one really cared about their skin. <laughs> I mean, I did. And I'm sure you did too. But, you know, the, the masses did not. Um, but, yeah, I remember people were taking note. Like, where is he going? And then when I would go to, like, the makeup section... I mean, it wasn't even like, you know, I still felt accepted because Sephora was, Sephora has always been a very inclusive uh, space mm-hmm. for people of different identities and it still is. Um, but, you know, it was at the time definitely still like, what is he doing here? I almost sometimes felt too like, like some of the women thought like I didn't belong because I was just like a male. He's like, he's intruding in our space right. kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um so but yeah that that's it like i remember buying it and even at the time i don't even i don't even think that i didn't even think that much about it for me it was just like um i think i had seen photos online of like 
guys wearing makeup and it looked good on them. But I didn't even have like this moment of like, oh, I'm about to transform my identity or like, oh. this looks great. Like, I think for me, it was, just, I was experimenting and I was like, I wonder how this looks. It wasn't even, it, it didn't even carry that much weight to me. I mean, now it does uh, because, because I, I'm a, I know what it is to like um, have that part of my identity. But back then it was, it was really just not even, I didn't even think that much about it, to be honest, outside of just like the, sh the shame or, mm -hmm. or like the anxiety of, you know, what people might think of me. But like when it came to how I thought about it, it was just like, I wanted to experiment really. Yeah. And I, and I know you touched on like the stairs and things yeah. like that. That's what I was curious because mm -hmm. that's how I felt going into the male section. Yes. For a very long time, I feel I felt like people were looking at me like, mm -hmm. "Why is she in this section?" Especially because we came out and we started to realize our sexual orientation a few years before um, gay marriage was legal. Oh. Like that's yeah. very important to know. A few years, so so it was like late nineties, early two thousands. When we were coming coming of age, and so like yeah, like you said, your mom noted Ellen, and there were definitely out celebrities, mm -hmm. but I think we were at the precipice yes. of of you know the general acceptance of people and their tolerance of gay LGBTQ folks. So I think that's also something important to know is like we were definitely there, and now you know we're there too. There's a lot of work to do, y'all, but um, but yeah, that's something. To know too that we we were coming of age before gay marriage uh, was legal and before don't ask uh, don't tell was repealed. Yes, good fucking yeah. what the fuck? Yes, so, damn. Mm -hmm. We've been through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lived through some shit. Mm -hmm. I should say that. Yeah. Um, how did your parents take it? So okay, so my parents so. Going back to high school, mm -hmm. so I had I had this first boyfriend, um, and I was slowly, you know, realizing I'm not bisexual. I'm gay. My the the shame that I had, like, like the outward shame of like I'm different in terms of like I don't like girls. That was slowly lifting, mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of of myself. I'm tired of feeling of suffocating myself. Mm -hmm in terms of having to hide my sexuality because I felt like that's a lot of it what it was I was hiding even though people knew but I was hiding it from myself and so once I realized um that I was gay and that I didn't care like if I was holding his hand in the high school hallways um and that I had told y'all it was all within the same one year time frame mm -hmm. um I told my mom first I think we had got into an argument something about I don't know. I was, I was a little, sometimes I was a little like, um, I had an attitude sometimes with her and in, in high school, but that was because I was angry with myself. No, right. So I would lash out with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but we had an argument and then I just was like, you know what? Let me just tell her like that I'm gay. And so I told her and she started crying a little bit, she had a little teary eye, you know, but, um, she she took it well though she she said that she knew um and that she she was just 
afraid for me because of how other people will react to me being gay and like what I would go through. And rightfully so after the yeah. whole middle school fiasco. Yes, Lord, does he make me want to hug you right now? No, it's okay. It's okay. We're not going to cry on national television. Now, okay. <laughs> Listen, um, safe space. No, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm really thankful that she accepted me. Um, you know, I wish that I had a relationship with her. I mean, I do have a relationship with her, but I wish that we had more of a liberal relationship where we could just kind of talk about like all the guys I'm talking to or whatever. Not that I'm talking to a lot of guys right now, but you know what I mean? Um, but she accepted me and like she she met that first ex um, and she, she always asked like, do you have a friend? <laughs> It's like never a oh. boyfriend or who are you dating or oh. whatever. Oh, it's know. always like that old school, like, do you have a friend? Um, and so, so yeah, so she took it well. And then my dad, um, he, mm -hmm. I told him, I think a few weeks after I told my mom. And mind you, y'all, he, uh, he was driving me and my, my ex around. Like, I think because we went to the movies, you know, we would go to the movies, we would do certain things. Uh, and he would drive us. And... He just thought we were friends. And then um, I told him one day, like, I, we, we were in the living room. It was my mom, me, and him, because I'm the only child, y'all. And uh, I told him that I think, or I don't even think I said I think. I think I said, Dad, I'm gay. Um, and he, his reaction was, he had, like, a puzzled look on his face. Like, like, what is this? Like... Like, you know what this is kind of thing. And again, oh, and then to contextualize, because your um, family came from the church. My my family, my mom was, was, was Catholic, but she didn't go to the church like that. My dad was, um, he was raised Protestant, but he didn't, he also didn't frequent the church like that. But my dad was a Republican. Now, I don't know. I, listen, y'all, don't come for me because I don't, I, I do not believe that he voted for Trump. Um, I don't think he was that type of Republican. I think he was just like one of the old school ones. Um, and sorry, again, I say I think because this is another episode, but I have not spoken to my dad in quite some time, y'all. Um, but he, at the time, identified as Republican. Right. So we all know Republicans, especially at the time, did not believe right. in same-sex marriage. They they believe in marriage should be between an a man between a man and a woman mm -hmm. only for the purposes of procreation, <laughs> um, and like he believes in old school family values and just just all this BS that archaic archaic beliefs yeah. about how a family should be <laughs> and how men and women should be and our gender roles in society. So just to add that context, there he was he was Republican. Um, and so he just was just like in disbelief because being gay and like homosexuality is just so, it's like, it's like almost, how do I say it? Being like the way I was raised, I was raised very much so in a bubble, like in a sense that yes, I'm from the Bronx, yes. thank God. And I'm yes. from the, uh, and I'm from New York city, thank God. But the way that I was raised as the only child from two parents that, um, came here, they were born in Puerto Rico and they came here. Um, and I was, I was born here in New York. And so they, 
were very much so quiet parents. Like they didn't really, um, they didn't really integrate that much with the rest. I mean, they have friends and stuff, but like the way I was raised, essentially I was in a bubble. And so for my dad, the way he was thinking is like, how do you even know what that is? Like, that's something that you don't even find out until you're in the real world. And so my response to that was like, well, I know I'm gay. Like mm -hmm. I've thought about it and it's just like, I don't need to, cause he, he suggested that it was a phase. He thought that I need to go to therapy to, to work through it. And it's like, no, I've already, I, I think I had already been to therapy, not even for that, but just for other things. Um, I already knew what it was. And so I told him like, I'm gay. And so he, um, I think he was very disappointed um, for a few months because again, I'm an only child. I'm not his, I'm not his only, I'm not his only child, but I was his only child with my mom and I was his only son. So, and then on top of that, on top of that, like him and my mom were like divorcing. So it's just like a lot of compounding for him. Um, you know, I wasn't going to be the ideal man in his eyes. Um, and especially ugh, also like, not only like was he Republican and Protestant, but just the fact that we're Puerto Rican and it's just like, Macho and macho. yes, uh, and machismo, and everything about how a man should be. You have to be dominant. You have to be masculine. You have to not have emotion. You can't. There can't be anything feminine about you. I mean, luckily he wasn't. He didn't harp on that aspect uh, on it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I never, you know, I never. He never really got angry with me about it. But I just know that that played a factor because that plays a lot in a lot of. Uh, my fellow friends and, and other gay males in our in our community, like gay males of color, especially whether they're Latinx or or black, like having to be like this masculine man, almost more than our than our white counterparts. Like, let's just put that out there. Like, it's just like there's this expectation that we have to be this super macho man and we can't show any emotion. Mm -hmm. And mind you, that is what that is what contributes to a lot of the problems that we have in terms of depression and and anxiety. and anxiety and anger and that anger manifest ma manifesting into violence and unproductive behavior. Yes. Um, High risk behavior. Yeah. So. So anyway, it's a lot. It's, this is it's too much. This is a uh, layered conversation. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's that. That's how he reacted, and like, thankfully, after a few months. He he um, basically told me that, you know, I accept you as my son. I still love you. I'll support whoever you, you date. Um, but similar to my mom, we never really, like, talked about it. Very much so with him. We never really... He never asked me about it. Um, about, like, you know, how how it was, how I, I am, you know, growing up in the life as a gay male. He never asked what I was dating, anything like that. Um, which is again something that I wish I had with him, but um, but yeah, that was that was the experience with with the both of them. So I would say I'm very thankful for their reactions because I already had a lot of baggage from everyone else's reaction. Yes. Um, thank goodness for so. oh, <laughs> God damn! Thank yeah. goodness that they, you know, it's not the perfect reaction, but right, no, much exactly. better than. A lot of other people, yes. and considering everything you had already gone through, mm -hmm. I'm being your best friend after how many years? Like I'm mm -hmm. exceptionally happy in this moment, thinking about their response. Yes.
But I'm curious about you, Allie, because I know, um, you know, you you weren't necessarily at, at the time close with your dad either. So what was his reaction? When did you tell him? And what was also his reaction? Um, so I definitely told him after I told my mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I initially said that I was bisexual. Mm -hmm. And at this time, um... You know, the usual response, um, it's just a phase kind of thing. Um, but more importantly, he, I remember him asking me not to tell my brother. Oh, oh, that's um, interesting. Yes. I remember him asking me not to share the information with my brother. Um, and I, I think I remember my mom also giving me that same kind of spiel as well. Like not to, oh. not to tell my sister, um, cause I'm the oldest. My brother mm -hmm. and sister, for context, are they're not related. So I'm the oldest of me and my sister, and the oldest of mm -hmm. me and my brother. And um, yeah, as far as like my, the mother side, I was supposed to be this role model. This you're not, you know, you're the oldest, you're the firstborn. You're supposed to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, Set an so, example, right? Exactly. Um, so I think there was this idea that in some kind of way, like. Spread it. Yes. Spread the gay. Or like, like you the know, influenza. Inf right. <laughs> right. Like the influenza, she thought that I would influence um, mm -hmm. my, my sister. So that was something that I was supposed to be keeping a secret. So another version, another, wow. another example of me literally keeping everything to myself. Yeah, I think that is so that is so interesting. I feel like that happens a lot in, in families um, where, where it's just like, there could be more more than one sibling who's out, but then also this notion that the parents are like keep it under wraps because we don't want we don't want your younger sister to catch the gay. <laughs> oh, and don't tell um, the family either was another part yeah. of it as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, in the comments, y'all let us know again how your parents reacted to the situation um, of you coming out. Also, we we want to know about. Um, whether or not like you dibble and dabble with your gender identity and how that tied into your coming out story. We would love to hear that um, in the comments or again in our comments at Queer Entanglements uh, on Instagram. So let us know y'all. Yes, and I'm also curious mm -hmm. on the side. Now I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear what you guys have to say about the the first moments we can remember of us like, yes. like the same gender. Yes, yeah. interesting tidbits. Right? Mm -hmm. We want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, no. I'm curious. Since... Okay. So, you came out in high school. Mm -hmm. Since high school... Um, would you say since coming out in high school that any of your friendships, relationships, or interactions with people, whether that's your family, back to friends as well... Mm -hmm. How do you feel like that changed after you came out? I feel like um, when it when I came out when I came out to my friends, um, I was definitely closer to my girlfriends than my guy friends. Um, I didn't really have that. I had like a handful of guy friends, and I think a majority of them accepted me. I think one of them was like, oh, that's not cool. And then we're not friends anymore, but we weren't close like that. So it wasn't like anything where I was upset. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, but yeah, I think for me, it was, I just felt liberated. I just felt liberated. I felt like, like I mentioned earlier, high school for me was like, I was with the girls a lot. I was, I had different groups of friends that I was in and like, I really didn't, I didn't care how I was perceived anymore. And it was just like a good, good time to just play with my personality and, and like joke around with different groups of friends and like, um, and like I had a boyfriend, like I said at the time, so that it was just nice to have that moment as well, where I was public with someone for a short time, um, with my family, like my mom and my dad. Um, I think like, I think with my mom, that was just kind of like the first step to us being closer, um, over like a, a long period of time, you know, just her knowing who, who I, who I was in terms of an orientation. Um, but then my dad, I like I mentioned earlier, y'all, like I haven't really spoken to him uh, in a while. So I think me and him need to do some more work when it comes to that. Um, and when it comes to, you know, just different, the way I was raised. Um, life changed the most when I went to college. That's mm -hmm. what I will say. Because in college, that's where I really got to be very individualistic. I got to like really be myself, be alone um like figure out who was I actually attracted to in terms of different men it was almost like college was um as opposed to middle school and and a little bit of high school where I felt uh constrained college was like I was busting out the scene right. like, I was just like I wanted like world is your backyard. I wanted I, I want to talk about to all these guys I started downloading the apps I think like I had my first app was Adam for Adam and then in college, that's when that. that's when Jack and Grinder started, mm -hmm. um, and I was, I mean, I'm sure like you shared this experience too, but it was just like I wanted to play with different guys, like whether it was just, I was making out with guys, hooking up with guys. Um, I I wanted to let that out, all that bottled up pressure that I had. I wanted to, you know, experiment yes. with different guys and just experiment with, with myself as an individual. Yes. I went to school in Boston, so I was really far away from my parents. So I was just like wearing whatever I wanted to wear. Like I had my own money because I was working part time while in school. Um, and I just felt like, again, it was just like a time of, of experimentation. But then at that time, I knew that it was important for me because... I was truly like coming into my own and it, and it, and it didn't feel as though I needed to answer to anyone. I didn't, I didn't need to defend my identity or be ashamed about it or be criticized about it because no one was there to monitor me yeah. or to correct me, to police me, to anything. Criticize. Yeah. Critique. So college was really where, where my life started to change and where I was out. Like I was holding hands with guys. I was, I was, you know, I, I wasn't like, I, I've never been like the super flamboyant gay where it's just like, I'm screaming it from the top of my lungs to everyone. But I, you know, I was always, I was always quiet, but I was never like, at that time, I never was again, ashamed of like being public with a guy or whatever. Um, and so ever since then, ever since college, I just have slowly, or not slowly, I've, I've just kind of come into my own in terms of accepting the fact that not only am I gay, but I'm I'm queer, meaning that I really like, 
I don't subscribe to like necessarily gender identities or 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 being cisgender. Like, yes, I present as male, but like again, if I want to wear makeup and, and like play with colors and stuff, and like that is perceived more as female, then so be it. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. um, but also living in your truth, living in my truth. But then also, um, what that also means is not being ashamed of having sex with other men because that's another aspect of it is like a lot of a lot of us deal with the shame of having sex with a man because it again it makes us look less of a man less masculine and especially we're not gonna get into this for this episode but especially it depending on what role you play whether you're a top or a bottom right. um so i had to like throughout college and a little bit after that you know, being more sex positive is something that I've also, that has also been part of my journey. Um, and not feeling ashamed about what I'm into sexually, um, whether or not I want to have multiple partners, um, because that's another level of shame is like, you know, we like, oh, you should only be having sex with one guy at a time or they one guy at a time. Like that is also part of this journey in being, um, in being sex positive. And then also, I had this one experience where it was in LA um and I I was I was like I have friends in LA but I also like to meet new people or whatever I, I was talking to this one guy on the apps and we were like gonna go to the club or whatever because some of my friends are busy but I still wanted to go out and I didn't want to go alone and so what happened was he he was really cool we had a cool conversation and then he, um he sent me a photo of what he was wearing. He was wearing like sweatpants and like a button up shirt. And I sent him a photo of what I was wearing. I was wearing like a mesh shirt with like, um, with ripped jeans. And it immediately he was like, oh, I don't know if I could associate with you because, you know, I don't think we give the same look kind of thing. And I was like, oh, okay. We don't give the same uh, We don't look give the same You got sweats and I don't. Right, yeah. But, but he, um, I think he like he was still talking, but then he stopped talking, and he and then he, I think he blocked me. Actually, I think he blocked me, and oh he it was just like, God. and that's the type of stuff that happens. I want to give that example because because it's a very clear example of how even within our community we are still policing each other in terms of how we present. Because the fact of the matter is, he felt insecure to be around me because he still needs to do the work for himself on being confident in his sexuality or his identity, whatever it is that he's still going through, that that's something that is on him. But for me, you know, I still internalize that and I still feel like, damn, like, I'm, I don't care how you look. Like, I just want to go out and have fun. Like, like, but that, that still happens, for, especially for the guys. It's like, it, it's like, let alone we got to fit a certain materialistic look, but then there's this other aspect of like, do you look masculine enough for people not to question when we're crossing right. down the street that we're that you're gay, mm. because if you're gay, then it's just like then the you got you got the shame that is already there yeah. is activated. Damn. Mm -hmm. Damn. That is so deep. Yeah. I mean, lesbians, we have something like that, yeah. but it's more of I think it's more about um, AGs, masculine identified females, like policing each other's masculinity. Mm. like oh if you enjoy penetration then you're not that much of a dyke or if you um 
is in any kind of way in touch with your femininity. Mm-hmm. Some people's, a lot of people that feel like that's very undikely of you. Undikely. No, yeah, it's just, it's similar reasons. Yeah. yeah. It, yes, it is a discomfort. Yeah. It is a discomfort or you are not, you have not finished the self-work mm-hmm. that you need to, to live in this life. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really what that boils, boils down to. Um, yeah. I wanted to go back to one thing that we had talked about, which was like sort of how life changed okay. after after coming out the closet, right? Um, and for you, it sounds like it was pretty liberating. Yes. For the most part. And it was yeah. almost like a green light to go and be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Experiment, dabble, all of that stuff. Um, I would say for myself that my experience was not like that. I don't okay. think that I started to be me for real, for real, until the past couple of years. Okay, so t- so walk us through because because I'm I'm very curious about that because I didn't realize you yeah. felt like that. What what happened? Yeah. Like after while while you were in college and after until now, like what um what were the feelings you were feeling then as you were evolving into your into your journey um and why did you feel that way? So for me again, like my mother, you know mm-hmm. how my mom is. She's yeah. aside from being a Christian and a Jamaican, she's if you know anything about the two intertwined, mm-hmm. she was a very no nonsense kind of mom. Yeah, um, very strict. So. Almost to the with there there are certain moments that you know you gotta walk on eggshells with my mother after yeah. you done pissed her off you gotta walk on eggshells, um, and so coming out of the closet knowing how she felt about me dressing like a a, a dyke as she said in a not very nice way, oh, um, okay. that made me just even though I was out like I couldn't be too gay. I didn't feel like I could be gay, gay. Mm-hmm. I had to yeah. be like a dose of gay. Like I'm, I'm gay because I'm coming home from school and you see that I have no hair now, mm-hmm. tattoos, and I look like a boy. Um, but even that, it's like because of all the criticism, I almost restricted myself from doing certain things, mm-hmm. having certain mannerisms dressing in certain ways to appease her so that she would feel more comfortable so that i would feel more comfortable around her and this is even even if she's not around or only when she's around um i would say that i think it was it was more about her but but also the family as well right 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 like trying not to like upset anybody mostly her and when you weren't around her like did you even though she wasn't present or the family did you feel like because you knew in the back if she was like still in the back of your head was that did that feel like a weight on you yeah honestly like i think the 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 very limited (laughs) amount of space that i had yeah um it didn't you see how you like were dabbling with makeup mm-hmm. and things like that like i didn't feel like i could do things like that in the reverse as as it pertains to like male 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I felt like even like my mannerisms, like I couldn't be as masculine as what I felt. Yeah. Because it would make her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, I would say, and I carried that. I think I carried that it through all aspects of life because it stems from her. So now it's like in the back of my mind where Hmm. only in the last few years have I gotten to a point where I show up to my mother's house, how I show up to my mother's house. Yeah. Because it was like, because you thought, and and I'm sure she did at the time, um, but correct me if I'm wrong. It was like, it's a, it's a respect thing. Also, it's like, you got to be respectful to your mom and it was almost like, at the time, you showing up as a male, male presenting is like disrespectful to your mom because that's, those aren't the wishes that she has for right. you kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's that's heavy. So yeah, I wrestled with that for a very long time. And I don't think it's not until this current relationship that I'm <laughs> in now, because she's, mm. she's a firecracker a little bit. Yeah. Um, this is like probably the first time that I've, been a hundred percent comfortable with my masculinity yeah. around my family, and that is so that is so nice. That I, I'm so grateful to hear that that you know I, we've been friends for so long that like we are in our yes. each other's journeys and we're like we are self accepting and others around us are accepting of us because like I mentioned that weight that you carried like with policing how you act and especially. Um, being raised by a Caribbean family from the church, like that's a huge weight. So I'm just so happy, like generally to see that that weight has been lifted because we don't got time for that, right. especially in 2020, motherfucking what? Right. Like it's just too much. Like take that weight off. There's too much happening in the world now, especially to to feel like we're gonna be disrespectful when we're not actually being disrespectful. Right. Um. But, you know, a lot, like, like we've been saying, I, I know a lot of you guys who are watching, um, whether you come from, uh, you know, Caribbean background, Puerto Rican, we're, we're all Caribbean. Island. Islander, POC, Black American, anything like that. Like, if you come from an environment where there, it's kind of like being gay is taboo, is, taboo, is disrespectful, is, is unfor- uh, unforgivable, mm-hmm. um, we see y'all, you know, we, we understand your journey because we've all, we, we both went through, um, similar yet different journeys. So it's definitely important to call that out. Yes. Yes. So I know I, I talked about, um, you know, my experience after I came out and like how, how my life changed in the few years after that, but I want to get into, to you, like, how, you know, after you told your mom and then you went off to college, um, when did you start to really get more comfortable with yourself? Like, how did that experience kind of manifest itself? Um, I would say that I, within the last couple of years, mm-hmm. have just, and thankfully to my to my relationship because I do think that's the reason why I was able to like even be able to do this but um in that relationship I started to really be more comfortable with my masculinity Mm -hmm. um and care less about 
what everybody's reaction was going to be. Yeah. And it also sort of, this is now the first time that I'm starting to like dabble in like how I look, like my actual fashion sense and things yeah. like that, which I don't think that I ever, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I was never invested into my physical appearance because it was something that caused a lot of mm. issues. Yes, I I totally get what what you're saying now. Basically, cause you knew you knew what 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 it was like. You knew you want you were a stud. You knew like basically you weren't going to prescribe or or subscribe to the traditional female aesthetic or whatever. But mm-hmm. it it just you were kind of like shedding away the layers of shame. Yes, associated with your relationship with your mom and, and your family in terms of like how you should look. Um, yes. Damn. I didn't, I didn't realize that it, it took, cause I, I mean, you started dressing in, in men's clothes for, for a long time now, but I didn't realize that you still weren't comfortable all the way a hundred percent with it. Um, because that, yeah, it's like you, you, you had like a, a lot of years where you had to process, the fact that um, you were okay with it—that's so interesting. Yeah. And then, and then, what you were saying earlier too about, like, what were you? You were saying something about um, you were running away from that. Yeah, like in the in line with like my self discovery, mm-hmm. um, really discovering who I was. I realized that it took me like. A couple of things. One, mm-hmm. that phase or stage of life that a lot of people go through in mostly high school, where they start, like you said, experimenting yes, and doing yes. things. Like I didn't have that mm-hmm. really. Um, so I just started having that. I'm gonna figure out like, does this errand work for me, or does this style work for me, and this color? I just started that in like the past two years. in the past two years and I think a part of that of course is like my comfortability and I think it was like I was so accustomed to like moving and operating in a way that prioritized my family's comfort Mm -hmm. mostly my mom's comfort that I just threw away any and all prospects of like investing in how i looked yes yes it's like you were on autopilot a little bit like you knew you were you were male presenting but in terms of getting into the details and the weeds of like being like not a man but like being a a stud like Mm -hmm. you you didn't want to get into those details because then it would be like a confirmation that that's what it was yeah that's so interesting yeah and and you know i think one of the things that i've really learned recently is that I have to constantly um, have conversations internally in my head with myself Mm -hmm. Um, because it's hard to live. I think it's hard to live the lives that we live living in our truth. Yeah. Um, And one way that I try to continue living in my truth is embracing the fact that I am feminine and I have that part of me. Mm. And I think I spent such a long time like running yeah. from any and all parts of me that were feminine because that was all that I could be mm-hmm. that like now that I'm 
able to identify like this is who I am, this is how I want to dress, this is who I want to be. It's like I I don't want to associate with anything that yes. my mother tried to yes. you know hold me down with. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, you know, if I do something or I say something a certain way, I might be critical of myself. Damn, that was mad. It was mad feminine. Like that's yeah. that's not you. That like, but it is. But it is. But it is. But but it is because because we are not like. As queer folks of color, we are not. We do not have to subscribe right. to the duality of cisgender. Like you don't have to only be female or male, feminine, masculine. We are a mishmash, a combination of all those different things. And I think, I mean, yeah, that is, like I, I, I'm very curious to to know how many other studs also share that experience because it just it. It makes sense. It's like, if, especially if if they're being shamed by their family and like, because to be feminine, like a, a feminine girl, it's like there is a, an obvious performance of what that looks like. Whether it's makeup, whether it's fashion, whether it's just like yeah. demeanor, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's it's so it's similar to like masculine, but like for for females, it's is very distinct. And so, like you said, running away from that, um, I'm very curious to know, like. A lot of studs that they if they also police their minds to to do that because of the fact that they're running away from it and not necessarily because of the fact that they don't like it but it's just like they're afraid um so i think i think that leads into like for me my call to action my cta yes. to um to those of to those of us who are still struggling with our identity um i, I i've Two different types of CTAs. One is for the for those of us who are really just afraid, and we, we do want to express ourselves, but we're um, either not emotionally safe, or we're not physic we're not in a physically safe environment where we can express ourselves. Um, again, we just want to let y'all know that we see you, and that um, we hope and pray that um, in over time you guys will find safe environments or move somewhere where you could feel safe, even if it's really changing your life because sometimes that's what a lot of us have to do we have to uproot ourselves Mm -hmm. from where we grew up and move somewhere else to change our lives um we'll also post some links below um in terms of organizations where if you're struggling with uh your sexual orientation or your gender identity um and that's leading to depressive thoughts you know there's organizations obviously like the tragic the 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 trevor project um but others that we'll we'll link below um, but then my other CTA is is for those of us who, again, we're all in the same community and this is a safe and inclusive place. But we also want to hold those of us accountable to police for those of us who are policing each other in terms of our identity. We need to stop that, y'all. Like, like I mentioned earlier, we are not necessarily masculine or feminine, male or female. We are queer folks and, and we are going to dibble and dabble in different identities and it is okay like it is it is okay like that is not going to diminish our value as human beings and i just say for for those of y'all who who are still subscribing to those gender norms please just consider the fact that if you're policing somebody else 
they're already going through their own insecurities as a person and you could potentially be activating yes. any sort of depressive or even suicidal thoughts that yeah. they may already have. And I think as a community, we all need to learn more how to protect each other and to uplift each other and not um, put each other down for our differences. Absolutely. I want to follow that up with a, a, a quick little thing. We are all all in the same community. Mm-hmm. No, you, you can't be throwing those stones at no glass house. <laughs> However the quote goes. Right. <laughs> no, but for real, like, it's so detrimental. It's so harming. It really is to really try to squish out the way a person identifies, the way a person presents, the way a person chooses to live their life. It is so important that everyone, especially those in our community that understand the struggle and Mm -hmm. all the things that the outside world has in store for us on a regular basis, we can't, we cannot contribute to that. Yeah. We all we got sometimes. Yeah. We have our allies, but we we are all we have. So we need to hold each other accountable and do the right thing. It's fine if you're if you're uncomfortable by something, no one says you have to agree or that you have to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. But what you do have to be is accommodating. Yeah. And that means just being inclusive. So that's that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Um, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we wanted to give him some lessons. That oh, we yes, learned. lessons learned. So, yes. you know, and I think, thank you for bringing that up. I'm glad yes. that you did. Um, along with that, I'm glad to hear that we also are going to be providing our viewers and listeners with resources. Mm-hmm. Are there any lessons that you have taken from your your whole process of mm-hmm. realizing who you are, how you identify to coming out in this moment. Have there been any lessons that you've learned along the way that you want to kind of drop some words of wisdom for our viewers? Yeah, I would say um, one of them is for me personally, and it's not even actually me personally, it's, it's a lot of us um, yeah. as queer folks and as queer folks of color again. <laughs> emphasize it's that but um we have an arsenal of resilience and empathy that i don't think um we even realize because of the fact that we are different in multiple ways um and for me personally you know going through that experience in middle school mm-hmm. um you know thank god i didn't i didn't you know jump into a, uh i i do sometimes struggle with depression but it never went to an extreme where i um you know committed suicide or anything like that so i am very thankful for that um for that resilience that i have because that has protected me from a lot of other like life lessons and and Mm -hmm. tribulations that i've had to deal with uh later on in life um and i think that that is something that we all need to celebrate in our in ourselves is that we have that resilience and that there will always be a light at the end of the tunnel even though it, it may seem really far and distant is to really celebrate our resilience. So that's one. And then the other one, um, again, is 
we are all in our own journey, yes. like I mentioned. So even though I had um, those CTAs, I had two different CTAs because everyone's in their own journey. Some of us are still ashamed in, in ourselves or are not even out yet. Some of us are still out, but still policing ourselves uh, and policing others. And then some of us, you know, we're out and we're comfortable and, and we're, we're living good. But we all have to respect that we're in our own journeys. Yes. Emphasis on all journeys um because that's again what's going to lead to the empathy let's not pressure each other to come out of the closet mm -hmm, if we're not physically and emotionally safe yeah that is very unsafe to do that right let's not do that um and let's also not judge others for expressing themselves because they're at a point where they can do that so um that's that's a lesson that i've learned and then lastly um again i think it's just about uh bullying in general i think for those for those of you who are if you if you are being bullied or if you've been bullied in the past um one, one lesson that i've learned is that even though it's a hard pill to swallow and in the moment it's just like why is everyone bullying me like i i feel like i'm not doing anything wrong and like but i'm also internalizing it mm -hmm. just realize again um, similar to how, you know, some of us either police ourselves or police others. The reason why people are bullying you or us, um, is because of the fact that they are also dealing with something and insecurity, um, that they're going through. And so they're taking out that insecurity instead of, t because they can't take it out on themselves unless, you know, something God forbid were to happen to them. They're going to take it out on someone who is most vulnerable. And so you just have to remember it's not about you because you are valued and you deserve a place on this planet. It's really about them because they also deserve a place on this planet, but they don't understand um, what they're doing is toxic. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. What about you? I know it's, it's these lessons. Right? It's, too, it's too emotional. We got, we got a lot of lessons to really talk. <sighs> and I think this is a moment where I want to say like any comments anything that you guys want to ask and if there's anything you want us to co come back to yes you, please happy to do that mm -hmm. um as far as lessons um i've learned a lot along the way but what i would say is um one of the biggest things i've learned is how the intersectionality of, of race um religion um, and just mm, even the intersectionality yes, yes, yes. of being the oldest and coming from your culture, um, a lot of us are slaves to how we were raised. Yep. And so that that is so consequential to 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 you know how that's going to impact us. And don't get me wrong, I want to be very clear when I'm saying this. <laughs> Yes, I, I want everybody here to live in their truth. Mm -hmm. But I also understand it is not simple to say, yep. just come out to your family. Just come out to your parents. Right. Just just be out of the closet when you have all of these other things that matter to you. Like religion. That's true. Like your family. Like your family's approval. And granted, you're going to at some point have to live for yourself and know that you will not always have everybody's approval at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but if That's you can, true. if you can just begin to examine all of the different pieces that make you up, 
whether that's religion, school, all of that stuff, um, examine your ties to those things. Yeah. Um, that would be one lesson that I learned and I, I implore all of you, we are all on our own journey. Um, and prioritize your well-being. Yes. Yes. Because no, it's no one's job to prioritize your well-being but yourself and your parents up until a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> up until a certain age. <laughs> last thing I wanted to say, the last words of wisdom is that remember that just like we are only experts in our lived experience, mm-hmm. You are the expert of your life. You know yourself better than anybody else around you that has perceptions. So that's that's a big reason why it has to be your priority to um, take care of yourself and your, your well-being. Yes. Ugh. Man, I think we're going to have to close it on that one because yes. it's a lot. It's yes. a lot. And, and like Ali mentioned, if there are different subtopics, so we touched, we touched on a lot of things in this episode. So we touched on religion we touched on identity again we touched on um bullying if there are other subtopics that you want us to explore in future episodes let us know in the comments but also um follow us on all streaming platforms and especially on social media where we'll continue to pour the tea on everything related to the podcast so follow us on queer entanglements and we'll see y'all in the next one thanks guys bye Later.